Good morning. This is Jim Holloway for Reorg Research, and welcome to this, the first in a series of podcasts in which we will, if you'll forgive the pun, drill into every aspect of oil and gas exploration production in the North Sea. With me today is Reorg analyst Scott Speaker, a native of Washington, D.C. He worked at the Energy Intelligence Group and FERC in D.C. before joining J.P. Morgan's Commodities Desk in New York City in 2005. He rose from being the lead natural gas analyst to head the bank's Commodities Research Group as a managing director and leaving in May 2017 to join us at Reorg Research. Scott, welcome, and how is the weather in Washington? Uh, the weather is just fine, uh, oddly enough. We have two or three days of, of good weather a year, and we're right in the midst of those right now. So it's pretty decent. Uh, it's good to be with you, Jim. Well, good. Uh, now, the North Sea, one thing that it is not known for is um, balmy, wonderful weather. It's known as kind of being a fairly harsh environment, brutal. Um, but why is there renewed interest in the North Sea among oil exploration production companies? I think there's a, I think there's a number of reasons why there's the renewed interest. But one of them is, is simply that the, the play was almost written off a few years ago and in 2014, when the price of oil started to come off, and it came off pretty hard from uh, high triple digits in, into down into the 30s and, and $40 a barrel, uh, in Brent terms, um, the, the area was already to, the, known to be in decline, and the high cost structure there uh, sort of lent itself to be one of those plays that would be left by the wayside. Um, as, uh, as, as participants sort of upgraded their portfolios and focused on their, their low-cost low assets. Um, but now that uh, across the board from region to region and play to play, uh, a lot of the upstream players have been able to bring in their cost structures and really lower their, their cost environments. Um, at the same time as the U.K. and, and other interests have lowered uh, the tax regime uh, in some of these areas, uh, it's specific to, to the North Sea, uh, I think you're starting to see that the economics work for certain types of players in certain parts of the play, and it is a very, very strategic location. Uh, the North Sea, um, both in natural gas terms and in oil terms, plays a very strategic role uh, sort of between the Atlantic Basin and what you could refer to as the Pacific Basin. You can, uh, you can serve both uh, of the huge market areas out of uh, the North Sea area or Europe in general. And I think that as technology gets applied to older fields and um, higher grading of the harsh environment equipment has been going on in the northern North Sea, uh, and there has been some slight uh, increase in the commodity price over the last 18 months or so. It has brought about somewhat of a renaissance, at least in the margins in the North Sea play. Okay, great. Thank you. Now, is the North Sea primarily an oil story, or is it a natural gas story as well, or is it both? And is the market I, focused on any segment in particular? Yeah, I, you know, I, I think that the North Sea would be considered a, an oil story story because of the role it plays in the global market. Uh, but there is a significant natural gas story as well. Uh, there, there's more uh, gas in, in the, the, the Dutch portion of the North Sea. So there's, there's Norwegian, there's UK, and there's Dutch natural gas. It's far more oil in the, the northern Norway and UK part of the play. Uh, but uh, Europe plays a different role in the natural gas market than it plays in the, in the oil market. 
Um, and I think the sort of flattish to declining consumption for natural gas uh, in Europe in general, it has sort, sort of lowered the impact of what is needed out of the North Sea. So I think the, the sexy story is more in, in crude oil terms, especially because it's that light, sweet type of crude um, that competes with the other lighter blends around the globe. And, and there are a lot of arbitrage opportunities in the global crude market. Um, so I, I think that as, a, as an oil versus a natural gas story, it's probably a, a, a better oil story. And yes, I, I think there are a few segments um, that are, 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 are of huge interest. And one of those is the harsh environment drillers. Um, and transportation to a lot of the offshore equipment and infrastructure, not to mention the servicing of that infrastructure. And I, I think one of the stories that, that will lend itself to, uh, to this North Sea play is, is the whole idea of decommissioning, which is becoming a, a significant story in the North Sea and other of the mature basins around the planet. Okay, great. Um, now that's that brings us logically to our next question. Um, you mentioned just the decommissioning costs, which are an issue with mature basins like the North Sea or like the uh, Gulf of Mexico, my, my neighboring body of water. Are there any other issues that are particular to the region that set it apart from other parts of the from other the offshore basins or that draw similarities to other mature basins? Absolutely. I think from an operating environment perspective, you have to compare the North Sea to other harsh operating environments, um, places where wind and, and heavy waves and, and ice and, and difficult conditions, especially winter conditions, um, uh, occur. Uh, so it, it has some operational peculiarities um, that I think can be exploited with the right infrastructure and the right technology. Um, it is a lighter, as I mentioned before, it's a lighter grade of crude. Um, so it's interesting how premium between uh, light, sweet crudes and some of the heavier or medium blends change when um, when OPEC is making their changes and cuts. I, I think the, one of the, the biggest um, interests in, in the North Sea is that it starts to get called upon by Asian markets when OPEC is in the midst of cutting, and they're cutting mostly the, the lower premium, uh, medium grades, and it, it, it has caused uh, the, the call on uh, North Sea crude in Asia to increase dramatically. Um, but I think the, your mention of the Gulf of Mexico is quite poignant in this respect, because these are two mature offshore basins, and, and times change. Obviously, it's a cyclical market, um, but there has been movement in the Gulf of Mexico, uh, companies that went from the shelf, which was first in vogue, to the deep water, which was later in vogue, and, and there's been shifting between that, shifting between products, are we going after crude, are we going after natural gas? And a very similar system is, is setting up in the North Sea, uh, and, and part of that is geology, some of it is geography, and then some of it is just the shifting players. Um, which we're seeing much like we saw in the Gulf of Mexico, where we saw major shedding mature assets, private equity concerns start to step in and, and fill the role that majors were playing. And then, and then the emergence of these sort of large, mid, mid to large independents who aren't quite majors, but they operate multi, multinationally. Um, so you're seeing a, a player mix. Uh, you're seeing services uh, industries change because of the, the operating environment. And then the decommissioning, which is a, a huge thing, uh, 
the, some of the players have been able to push off decommissioning costs uh, at the expense of, of continuing to go in and, and operate. Um, we'll see how that plays out going forward. But decommissioning is one of the, the serious issues, not just in the North Sea, but in other mature basins as well. Thank you. Uh, earlier you alluded to the U.K. cutting its um, production taxes. Now, the U.K.'s production costs remain among the highest in the world. Are there other areas where continued cost savings can be achieved, or has some sort of plateau been reached? Yeah, that's an interesting question. It's probably the burning question for certain producers on the high end of the cost curve. Because if you look at average all-in U.K. production costs on a per-barrel basis, they're only about uh, 8 or 9 or maybe $10 below where uh, Brent on the front of the curve is trading right now. Um, but if you look at the shape of the forward curve, it, it's certainly not inspiring very much confidence in, in the industry. Um, I, I think that there are places where some cost savings can be achieved. Things like transport out to uh, platforms, I think as different players uh, rejigger their properties and, and try to, uh, to sort of share costs from one property to another and one set of infrastructure to another, um, that you will be able to wring out some more cost savings. But I think if, if UK producers, Norwegian producers, so North Sea producers in general, they probably think that increased margins will mostly come from the price side as opposed to from the cost side. Uh, there is some room uh, to the downside in sort of cost in certain specific segments, and we'll explore that further as, as we go through this series, uh, looking at different segments. Um, but I think that there is a general uh, supportive psychology about underlying commodity price that, that's more involved in the sort of activity renaissance than um, another significant step down in, in, in cost savings. So specific to certain segments, yes, but I think most, uh, most across the board bullishness is probably uh, price-related, um, OPEC cut-related, that sort of thing. Now that said, whether it's producer activity or some other psychological aspect of what's going on in the marketplace, the Brent uh, forward curve is in contango, so December 2018 is priced lower than December 2017, and December 2019 is priced lower than December 2018. So sentiment is not all that strong in terms of the way the forward curve and the shape of the forward curve is trading, um, but, but I, I do think that there is a general sense that we are not going to go materially lower in price here in the near to intermediate term. Okay, thank you. Um, now, to the last question, we have seen some transactions among the rig contractors, at least, uh, in the North Sea space. Of course, Transocean buying Sanga offshore, and you have Bohr drilling a new entrance to the marketplace, which seems to be buying up um, every uncalled-for jack-up rig in sight. Is uh, potential industry consolidation a theme that, we're, that you'll be exploring later in these series of uh, reports? I would think that it would be it would be one of the primary things that we we will be looking into, um, and not just because we're talking about the uneven nature of recovery or margin compression or margin expansion going forward. If different segments of the industry uh, are experiencing different levels of, of of strength or different levels of pain, then one would imagine that we would start to see. 
um, certain companies shedding the unreliable or uh, uneconomic assets and seeing those go into different hands. We already mentioned the entree of private equity into uh, the North Sea market. I think we're going to see more of that. And I think that we're going to start to see consolidation in the, the niches that uh, in, in the service industries that are profitable. And we'll see um, the, those smaller niche players try to grow and, and, and gain market share as this sort of rejiggering is going on between different properties and, and different sets of infrastructure within the, the North Sea margin, uh, within the North Sea market. Um, one of the things that I've come across repeatedly in, in looking into the players and, and the activities in the North Sea is this sort of lack of, of leadership in terms of the players in the upstream and, and getting things done uh, in, in terms of midstream contracting, um, downstream and services contracting, and getting things more streamlined so those costs can be spread across different parts uh, of the value chain. I think when you start to see that shakeout, you will inevitably also start to see consolidation and spin-offs within the industry. Okay, great. Thank you very much, Scott Speaker. Uh, this is Jim Holloway for Reorg Research in Houston, Texas, and please keep uh, watching our site for when we will be putting out the next of our stories on the North Sea. Thank you very much, and goodbye.